This is the Acting Up Podcast with your host, Allie Goodman. Hey friends, welcome to the Acting Up Podcast, essentially a backstage pass to the life of a working actor and mom raising a kid with special needs. I wanted to start this podcast because I've had so many people ask me questions regarding how how we do it. How What is it like to be the parent of a kid with special needs? And also to those who have kids with special needs are often wondering, how do you kind of stay in the game, especially in a creative field like acting? So I thought I could marry both of those ideas together and bring you some episodes to talk about that. So the very first place I'd like to start, this is not this is not one of those podcasts that's going to walk you through things in a chronological way. If you know anything about having kids uh, with special needs, there's nothing chronological really about it. Um, the days don't work like that. The, the years don't work like that. Um, nothing progresses systematically really um you might break down things systematically but they don't you don't necessarily see progress in the same way so uh everything kind of becomes chaotic and for somebody like me who's a little bit of a type a personality that can be stressful so um the way i've managed through this is uh humor and um lots of uh lots of shaking my head and definitely uh, lately, uh, being on some some uh, anti-anxiety medication, uh, <laughs> probably should have been on that years ago, if you know me at all, um, and just kind of trying to take it one day at a time, one minute at a time, one second at a time at times. So let's talk about diagnosis. Um, for those of you who don't know us or me, You'll hear me talking about these are these will be the characters. These will be the main characters you'll hear me talking about on this podcast if you pay attention. Uh, so there's me. I'm Allie. I'm the mom. And then there's my husband, John. And then our two kids. We have Jackson, um, who will often probably be the one starring in a lot of these episodes because he's our child with special needs that are the most significant special needs. Uh, Jackson um, was diagnosed with autism uh, spectrum disorder, sensory processing disorder, and uh, speech and language disorder. And then down the line, we've learned that he has low tone in his body, which is not uncommon, but his hypotonia is actually was significant enough to warrant some physical therapy, which actually he loves and is great. Um, and then we have a, a, um, a baby who showed up in our um, lives seven and a half months ago. Um, and I say showed up in our lives as if I wasn't part of the process of creating him and carrying him so um but that's Jordan and Jordan is our seven month old and he we just uh got him some help with early intervention he's starting uh physical therapy as well um we just noticed he wasn't hitting his milestones on a physical level uh he's not turning oh he wasn't turning over he wasn't rolling he you know he's not sitting up unassisted certain things he should have done already by seven months um but after the evaluation they're pretty convinced that his delays are really 
due to physical um, limitations versus, and not limitations, things that he'll be able to catch up on. Um, even with just a little bit of therapy, he's seen huge improvements. So um, getting them young is always good and doing it early is, uh, you know, and, and, um, and hitting it right on the head you know, early on is always good. Um, Jackson went through early intervention as well, but not until he was already um, to, yeah, he was, he was about two when we finally started. So um, yeah, I, I think let's talk a little bit about that. What did I see? What did I see in Jackson uh, to, to warrant even calling early intervention? Why was I, why was that even on my radar? I had only heard about early intervention because I had a couple friends who had twin boys and they had put them through early intervention because they weren't talking right away. They were they were using a lot of sign language to communicate, but they weren't talking and which was significant to me, I thought was interesting because I thought, well, they're understanding your communication. They're just not speaking. Um, but both of their their parents uh, um sign so one of uh, one of them's a um a sign language interpreter and 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 the other one um i believe i, I might be making this up but i believe his parents or one of his parents are, are deaf and so um yeah so the the kids learned sign language like pretty much in infancy um but they were using the sign language and not necessarily using their their verbal voices to communicate so they they had brought them to early intervention and it they saw huge improvements and so one day we were just hanging out and talking and they were telling us about it and I thought oh well you know Jackson doesn't have as many words and you know something else I've noticed is that he's not really using both arms he was really only using one arm to pick things up and I thought that was odd so we so I kept asking questions of the pediatrician, a pediatrician, and this was maybe around 12 months. I noticed things like he wouldn't really play with things the way I thought typical kids would play with kids. He was t- picking up cars and spinning the wheels, but he wasn't really uh, like putting the car down and rolling it like you would think you would roll a car. And so I thought that was odd and I thought that was a little awkward and Every time we would go in for his appointments, I would ask about it and the doctor would say that I was, you know, no, 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 he does not exhibit any signs of this. Don't worry about it. You're being a little paranoid as a first time mom. And I was like, okay, okay. And I don't know, somewhere around 15 months, I asked again because I just could tell he wasn't, he would go to the, we would go to the park and he would pick up the wood chips and throw them with the one good arm they would use, his left arm. And his right arm wouldn't do anything. And that's all he wanted to do. He didn't want to run around. He didn't want to play. He didn't want to get on the, 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 the jungle gym in any way. It just seemed odd. So I kind of just decided at about, I, I let it go another two months. And then I was like, forget it. I'm calling early intervention. So I did. And it took time, whatever. Finally, we got our our meeting and got him uh, evaluated and it was a little bit before he was two that he started weekly therapies and they determined that he was significantly delayed enough I think you need to have a 30 percent delay in any particular area to get services and I think his delays were significant enough that they uh, gave him speech uh, therapy developmental therapy and um, uh, occupational therapy no physical therapy. Interesting, right? So he went through that. I guess he was uh, – you You age out of early intervention at three. So he was in he was in their program for about a year. 
And I kept asking questions. Do so you think we need to, you know, get, get him evaluated for autism? No, 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 no. He's just exhibiting speech, uh, sensory processing. That's what I would think. Don't get scared. Don't go Googling. Don't, don't freak out. Okay. So we didn't. And um, in the midst of all of that, in the midst of all of that, um, so let's see. He went – so Jackson was born in 2012 um, in – so let's say when Jackson was – eight months old so right maybe when I should have started noticing things um, I had gotten pregnant again and then when so uh, that baby was 14 weeks um, when when we learned there were some major problems and we had to terminate the pregnancy so yeah I mean he was maybe like 10 months so somewhere in there I probably should have noticed some of these things earlier but didn't Um, so as I was going through some of my own grief um, then I got pregnant again the following year. So that would have been 20, so that was 2013, 2014. And he was, I know he was in early intervention when, um, I found out that I had, uh, miss miscarried, basically missed miscarriage means you, uh, you, the baby is no longer alive, but your body has not decided that it needs to do anything about it. So it's sort of this horrible realization. And um, we were 12 weeks along at that point. So um, yeah, so it was, you know, some some pretty intense things going on right around the time when all of this is happening. And I remember we sat down for a, a meeting with the EI people because you, you do like a, every six months you meet up and do like a, an assessment. And that happened to be the day after I had gone in for uh, the, the, the DNC to, um, you know, take care of the, the miss, the, the baby that had, you know, died. And so, uh, um, I was not a hundred percent in my right mind, but I do remember that the question came up about taking, putting in or taking out, um, a medical directive about getting him evaluated for more, uh, serious thing as he was aging out of the of the the process, and they said they were taking the medical directive out because they didn't see anything, and he was improving so much. Well, I wish they wouldn't have done that because it took us then another almost a year to get him diagnosed. So his diagnosis didn't come about until June to 2016. So he was already see he was born in 2012. So yeah, he was he was almost four before he got this diagnosis and he could have been diagnosed much earlier than that. So uh, when we finally did get in to see a doctor, it took a almost, well, the waiting list now is 10 months to a year. I'm not joking. If you want to go see a developmental pediatrician, it's 10 months to a year. Um, with medical directive, you get him faster. And I wish we'd had that in our file. Um, so don't let anybody let you take that out. <laughs> uh, other other things that I learned um, before we went in for our diagnosis, yeah, the wait list is, in, is atrocious. And the, um, the packet to fill out is overwhelming. And much of many, especially if you go as young as we did, many of the questions don't apply. Because a lot of times they don't recognize that kids need to go in for this until after they've been in school for a while. And the reason that schools often won't tell you anything, or or even if they suspect that your child is possibly on the spectrum or needs to go get checked out, they won't tell you because then they have to pay for it. So lots of times parents are dealing with all of these problems and they don't even know that there's something that they should be concerned about, especially if you're a first-time mom or a first-time dad and you don't 
really, you, you know, you hear other people talk about, oh, we're, you know, we have, my kid is taking time with this, or this one's having a tantrum or whatever. And there's a very big difference between, say, a tantrum and a meltdown. And there's a very big difference between a child that is exhibiting, you know, defiance because they're hitting, you know, that time in their development and one that is delayed in their development. Um, but if you don't know, and you talk to your friends and they're talking about, oh, yeah, we had a tantrum in Target again. Or, oh, yeah, we went through that too. You think, oh, well, I'm just being over, you know, I'm being over worried as a mom, um, you know, or a dad. And I'm, I'm too concerned or, you know, and you don't, you don't think about the fact that maybe there's more to what you're concerned about. Um, so my first PSA is if you, if you think you see anything that concerns you about the milestones or the anything that your child is or isn't hitting uh, as far as where they should be in their development, just call early intervention and have them evaluated. Because the worst thing that's going to happen is that they're not significantly delayed and they don't get services because they ain't going to give you services if they don't think you're significantly delayed enough. Um, and you will get them if you are. And it's so it's it's in on our world when it comes to Jordan, our seven and a half month old. It's actually a good thing uh, he's getting his services. He he could have not have. I think he was right on the cusp of thirty percent. But I really pushed for him to get them, and they listen. You know, if you're really on the cusp and it's up to you, I pushed for it because I want him to get help now while he can and to try to catch up as fast as possible so yeah if you see anything go and get evaluated there's nothing wrong with it you're not being a bad parent you're actually being a very proactive parent um you're not being paranoid you're actually being proactive and lo and behold some, nothing's there great good for you you checked it out and it was nothing and then let somebody give you a hard time about that but it's free go get evaluated okay uh, enough on that psa so let's get to the diagnosis for us. So in the meantime, we finally, finally got in to see this doctor who was recommended by our pediatrician, which again, you have to get a, at this point, rather than using what would have been that medical directive in our EI, we actually ended up having to go through our pediatrician to do a recommendation, you know, a, a prescription recommendation or whatever, a referral is the real world. Allie, that's the word, is a referral. We got a referral we filled out the enormous packet of like 50 pages or whatever it is, got it back to the doctor, got our appointment, went in, and, you know, he, this is a doctor that's been doing this for years. And even though he's not technically allowed to do this because they have to take him through a whole uh, take your child through a whole process of the speech and language person has to meet with them and they test him and then the, you know, the, the, psych, the neuropsych comes in and they test him and then they put together a whole you know, report or whatever, the doctor, the developmental pediatrician, the one we see on a regular basis, he took one look at my kid, talked to him for two minutes and knew. And, you know, he said, listen, he's like, I, I can hand you a prescription for this, but I just want, you know, basically want to let you know, what do you think is going on? And I, I mean, my husband, John, and I looked at each other and we looked at him and I said, if you tell me that he's not on the spectrum, I'll give you all the money in my wallet, which was not very much at the time, but he didn't know that and he kind of laughed and he's like no he's definitely on the spectrum and I was like well I'm not surprised and so we knew you know you, you have a you have a you have a parent's you know intuition 
and he knew he's like i can't give you a formal report on this until everybody sort of meets with him but um it was weird it was like this moment of i had this weird moment of like I knew, you know, like you kind of pat yourself on the back like I figured it out before anyone else. And even and then I had a little bit of anger because the pediatrician kept telling me, no, 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 no. He's not. He looks lots of times, at least back then, it was do they look do, do the kids look you in the eye? Do they smile? Do they there's certain like red flags? Well, Jackson was walking on his toes. He didn't point but he did smile at people and so he had that social smile he did look people in the eye he you know he did have words and as a matter of fact at 18 months he knew every letter of the alphabet if you pointed it to him or if you said to him Jackson show me the s he could point it out to you you know he knew he knew things he just wasn't speaking them necessarily so it was a very weird thing because it was he wasn't this classic written case of what you think of as autism he liked being hugged and cuddled he ran he didn't have avoidances where he would freak out and try to like hide and big you know he loved loud noises and lots of lights you know there were only a few handful of things that would throw him off he couldn't handle people singing off key which you know way to go kid I'm the same way and he so people started singing happy birthday and everybody was cacophonously singing off key it would freak him out um, because this kid can sing on key brilliantly he has amazing pitch and as a matter of fact he learned to sing way before he talked so he was he was he had scripting and echolalia of music way before he had anything else uh that was that was coming out so he was singing to us all the time and so we just sort of assumed oh well that's that's part of speech she must be talking we didn't quite understand what we did not know back then um but the point is the doctor basically said yes you you are right so I had this anger at the pediatrician and then I had and then I was okay I remember like throughout the rest of this appointment I was okay until the very end because we went we we met with the doctor then we went and met with the the speech and language person then we came back to the doctor for sort of like a reevaluation after he spoke to her and then he said, you're going to come back and meet with a neuropsych. And then she and I put our report together. And I was like, okay. But he he pulls out his prescription pad and, and he wrote on there autism. And I think he probably wrote, you know, spectrum disorder. But the word that stood out to me was autism. And he like ripped it off the pad and handed it to me. And he did it for insurance purposes in case we wanted to start services, which I understood now. But back then... That was the weirdest experience and that was when my fear set in because it was like here, here's a prescription that basically tells you the diagnosis of your kid. All your fears are realized. All your, all your, you know, again, relief that we had some, some answers, but at the same time now, well, now what the hell do I do? What do we do now? So that coupled with you know what do you know how do we how do we now navigate the next steps and there really wasn't anywhere to go with that it was you know sure I mean there are people on Facebook and all that kind of stuff and I'll talk a little later in another episode about what we did which was not typically I think not typically what everybody does so um but yeah it was that I just remember 
holding that prescription piece of paper and like then I like very carefully folded it and put it in a special pocket in my backpack and I was like okay I I don't want to lose this because this is very important but at the same time I thought it was the most awkward thing in the world here I am holding this prescription for this diagnosis for my kid now what the hell do I do so yeah so all of that at the same time that I'm trying to continue to be a working actor in Chicago so um so much so much so yeah so I figure the way that I'm going to structure this uh podcast going forward is um I'm going to talk about all of the pieces of this the struggle the triumphs all of that I'm going to talk about what it's like to try to continue having a career on top of it and the struggles with that as well as the you know the things that work well um I'm going to talk about medication um, and what we've done and what our future plans are with that and where we're going with that. Um, I'm going to talk about friends who have have come and gone and the ones that have disappeared and the ones that have stuck around and the new ones that we've made. I'm going to talk about services, how um, – what life is like in therapy – all the different types of therapy that we go through. And then I think the biggest piece that I want to talk about um, coming up is going to be that our story and our struggle, well, no, our story is unique. Everybody's story is unique. And it's really frustrating that it's so unique because you talk to one person about, somebody says, oh, my kid has autism too. And their experience is sometimes 100% different than yours, like literally opposite. But yet they still have the same diagnosis. And that's really confusing. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that in some future episodes. Um, But for right now, um, that's pretty much what what the very start of our journey looked like. And it's been it's been quite a road so far. Um, Jackson is now six. Uh, again, he was diagnosed when he was three and a half. And man, life has really evolved and changed and we've changed as people. Um, again, not in a bad way. Definitely in a significant way. So yeah, I'm so glad you're joining us on this journey. Um, this is going to be this is going to be interesting and fun and good, I think. And hopefully this helps other parents who are struggling with some of the same things. If you're a creative person and you have now been thrown into a world where you have to be home on the regular with your kid who needs you all the time or at a significant level, I mean, we're going to talk about the money thing because – it's important. We're going to talk about insurance. We're going to talk about all that uh, coming up in some future episodes. But hey, let's do this. If you think of something that you want me to discuss, or there's a question you have, please, please, please feel free to message me um, or, you know, um, send me, I guess you can rate and review me on on, uh, Apple Podcasts. And um, I'll set up next episode for sure, a place that you can message me. Um, you can always find me on Facebook. Uh, I have a page called Allie, A-L-I, Real, R-E-A-L, T-O-R-E-E-L. So Allie Real to Real. Um, you can always message me there. That's a public page and you can go there. 
You can also um, find me on Twitter. I'm at the at sign Allie, A-L-I underscore Goodman. Or hey, I mean, you can even follow me on Instagram. I'm Allie Real to Real on Instagram and you can DM me there for now. Um, but at some point, I'll, I'll, I'll set up a, um, a Gmail, I think, and you can message me at the that Gmail um, soon for the specifically for the podcast. So that's that. Uh, thanks again for joining us, friends. And um, yeah, just hang in there. It's all going to be okay. <laughs>